And welcome back to Superhero Cinema, the weekly show about superheroes on TV and the movies and in comic books. I'm Michael. I'm Jefferson. And I'm Jonathan. And this is issue number 17 for the beginning of September 2007. So first up, we've got some corrections from a couple shows, um, mostly the last one I put out. First one is a, well, both of them are Transformers related. The first one is uh, Jonathan had referred to the voice of Optimus Prime as Peter Culkin. His name actually was Peter Cullen. He's not related to Macaulay Culkin, I guess? Yeah, no, he's not part of the Culkin family. Oh, well, that's good. And the second one was a big boo-boo on both mine and Jonathan's part, but an understandable one. Both of us had listened to the footage that was shown of Transformers, the animated series, at uh, Comic-Con. We'd, li- we'd listened to the, uh, or watched the footage from that. One of our listeners, uh, Chris, emailed us in. Um, we, we, had, we had referred to both being excited about the fact that they were using the voice of Starscream from the original. Well, he pointed out that the voice of the original Chris Latta died um, in 1994. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think they're pulling a two-pack on him and bringing back little snippets of previous dialogue. So, so I think they got a new guy who sounds similar to him. Right. Uh, Chris Latta, he was the voice of Starscream. He was also the voice of Cobra Commander. And uh, he was the original voice of Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Um, he passed away in 1994. The voice of Starscream in the new animated series is actually played by Tom Kenny, um, who plays SpongeBob Squarepants, but I mean clearly, you know, in both of our mind and Jonathan's defense, listening to it, and and the audience who was listening to it, I mean, all the cheers was were based on the fact that the voice was clearly intended to sound exactly like the original. So, not having known that that the original voice actor had passed away, I think it's perfectly understandable that both of us assumed that it was the original actor because they were purposely trying to make it sound so similar. Yeah, and I think they kind of do that in the Transformers universe is that they try to they have a a definite sound for the characters. And then they try to have people sound like those characters. And that, you know, happened in the movie as well. I mean, the the voice for Starscream sounded kind of like the one from the cartoon. I mean, definitely in the same realm of it there. And of course, obviously, it was not Chris Latta. But thank you, Chris, for emailing us and letting us know. Thanks for keeping us on our toes. I'm, I'm really glad to have that information and to be able to uh, put it out to the listeners. Okay, so next up... Um, <laughs> Talking about where I've been for the last week, um, which is Dragon Con in Atlanta. Um, we talked about it on the last show, about me heading there. Not much to say other than it was incredibly crazy. <laughs> um, it was huge, um, covered a whole city block of Atlanta, uh, three hotels, three convention centers, 30,000 people, um, over 200 guests. Saw a lot of celebrities, went to a lot of parties, um, saw a lot of costumes. I mean, literally any costume from any book, movie, TV show you can imagine um, was there. Uh, imagine, you know, the 300 Spartans, 300 of them walking around, you know, <laughs> literally 300 Spartans, you know, walking around. Um, dozens of Batman, dozens of Spider-Man, different variations, every, every kind of permutation you could think of a costume. I mean, at one point on Saturday, I'm pretty sure people in costume outnumbered people not in costume. Um, just insane. I did get to hear a lot of the uh, celebrities that uh, are related to superhero shows. Um, John Wesley Shipp uh, was The Flash from the 1989 series. William Catt from The Greatest American Hero. Several of the people from Who Wants to Be a Superhero, uh, literally lots of them. I mean, Lou Ferrigno from The Incredible Hulk. And I did get to uh, record a lot of them. Uh, some of them I, I went to their panels and uh, recorded them. I also had some of them record uh, bumpers for the show that you'll be hearing over the next couple shows. 
And uh, let's go ahead and start off with one of them. This was a uh, little bit from John Wesley Shipp um, from The Flash talking about uh, Mark Hamill, who played the trickster on the show. You had some good guest stars, but I have to ask, Mark Hamill seemed like a trip as the trickster. Well, you know, he dislocated his shoulder. <gasps> Did he really? Uh, when he, you know, the scene, the part of the scene where he was in the padded room and he was in the uh, restraints, he was throwing himself up against the, the walls of the room. He dislocated his shoulder. He was a trip. Mark wanted to play that character. Mark is a... I don't know how much you guys know, but he's a very big comic book fan. He had a comic book store in Vancouver, and he wanted, he lobbied to play that part. And he came on, and we were, it was a bear of a schedule. Our guest stars all about, about the third day were like, I can't believe you do this every week. Because the number of hours, our transportation department, they were booking 25, 26-hour days. I was there 55 to 80 hours a week. We'd start in at 7 a.m. on Monday morning, and we'd be tenting in the back lot, shooting day for night at Warner Brothers by midweek. We'd work till 9 or 10 a.m. Saturday morning, and be back in at 7 a.m. on Monday morning. And that went from the third week in August to the second week in May with four days off for Christmas, and that was it. Wow. No Thanksgiving. No you know. Well, that sounds like a tedious schedule, but you guys, it just looked like you had so much fun. Yeah. Well, we all got a kick out of what we were doing. Uh, but to go back to Mark, he came roaring in with, you know, he would have been there 28 hours a day if he could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was wild. I remember he was there when we shot our last scene, and our art direction was nominated for an Emmy, and it was very specific. It was sort of like the 50s and the 60s meet the 90s. You know, it's mm -hmm. like the 70s and 80s never happened, you know. And uh, we were always shooting in front of some building, specific architecture, you know, southeast Los Angeles, you know, some some alley that we'd have to put ply boards to keep from, you know, sticking our feet with syringes. And uh, we were there in some place at like five in the morning doing the last shot, and I was in the scene, and I took the ears and I ripped them off and threw them in the air. We like made it through the season intact. And he went crawling around under cables, behind garbage cans. Where are they? Where are they? Don't let them get away. He wanted them for his comic book store. But it was great to work with that energy. He loved being there. It was great fun. It was great fun. Well, I think that's awesome that he uh, got to work with Mark Hamill. That's cool. I, mean, I know Mark Hamill mainly because I'm a Star Wars fan. And, uh, you know, I can't blame him for it. I run and grab those ears. First thing I thought of when uh, John Wesley Ship was saying that was that, oh, he's getting, he knows how valuable props can be from t TV shows and movies, so he wants to hang on to this. But, uh, I mean, that's cool that, you know, they, uh, they tell and remember all these stories like it was yesterday, you know? Hamill's. They sounded like he made an impression, but yeah, it's it's nice it's nice to think of somebody who's a you know a movie star. You know, this is the star of the original Star Wars that they're talking about, but really he's a fan. You know, he's probably got a lot more in common with with us than a lot of the other people who do a lot of the shows and movies that we watch. Yeah, if you've never seen his movie, uh, comic book, the movie that Mark Hamill uh, directed and stars in, it's it's really hilarious. He plays a a comic book store owner who goes to Comic Con as an expert on a comic book character that he's a he. The, basically the recognized largest fan of uh, and he's been brought in by Hollywood to be their consultant on the new big budget movie based on that character where they've changed everything and uh, hilarity ensues at Comic-Con. Also starring Tom Kenny who we were just talking about as the, 
the uh, the actual voice of the new Starscream. Right. Uh, yes, a lot of voice actors, especially people from the uh, Batman the Animated Series, are all involved in it. But it was a great time. Um, a lot of the guests were really cool. I mean, John Wesley Shipp was one of them who I thought was just really, really cool. It was he, he was very enjoyable for the hour that he was talking. Um, and I will bring you more of those in the weeks to come. Can't wait to hear. I'm looking forward to it. Now let's get on with the news from the last few weeks. Let's talk news. You can always get additional info and links to these stories on our website, SuperheroCinema.com. The front page of the site always keeps you updated on the latest info about superhero movies and TV shows from all over the web. So first up, uh, the answer to our prayers. (laughs) After Comic-Con, we really wanted to see the Iron Man footage, teaser footage that was shown, and uh, we were promised that it would be put out in some form. Um, We're not sure that it will be the actual several minutes worth of scenes, but uh, John Favreau, of course, on his MySpace page, um, did uh, reveal that next week they are going to be putting out the teaser trailer for Iron Man. Um, it will premiere first on TV on the evening of September 10th. Um, it will be across the entire Viacom family of channels. Um, that includes MTV, TV Land, uh, a lot of the, uh, you know all of the all of their channels involved with that network. Um, we'll all be showing it over the course of the evening, um, before and after various shows. Um, but the very next day, it will be available on Apple.com's trailer site. Uh, that's on September 11th, uh, the full high-definition version of the Iron Man teaser trailer. So that's something to really look forward to. Yeah, for those of us who didn't make it to Comic-Con or didn't want to watch the blurry camera phone footage that was on YouTube for 20 minutes. Right, before Paramount took it off. Took it off. It'll be nice to see. Yeah, I just hope that you know uh, that a lot of what was shown there is going to be in it. I mean... You know, I don't necessarily think it needs to be all of it. I, I, you know, I, I'm definitely still in the kind of weird place of I don't want to see too much. You know, that's still almost a year away. I still want to have some anticipation, but I want to taste. Yeah. Well, it's still- interesting because the footage that they showed from the when it was on that little window that was actually on YouTube, it didn't seem like an official trailer because it had some extended scenes that they were showing. Right. Yeah, several whole scenes. Yeah. I'm sure this. So will be maybe more- this will be more of an official type of teaser trailer. Even if it doesn't have as many full scenes, at least you get a good impression of the of the movie. Yeah, as with most teasers, I think it's probably just going to whet our appetite. It's it's going to sh- you know hopefully we'll have some shots of him in the suit um, that you know we we know that they were able to put together really quickly because they did most of the effects practically um, in camera and not needing to do CGI after the fact. So uh, you know hopefully we'll get at least a little taste of what the action of Iron Man will will be like. Yeah, because honestly I was a little disappointed in the Batman teaser that there was no actual shots of any footage. So. Hopefully this Iron Man teaser will actually have images that people can uh, can latch onto and understand, you know, what who and what Iron Man is. And that for Batman that'll be the uh, see you in December, I'm pretty sure. That'll be something for the for the Christmas season there. So, I'm not actually planning on watching like MTV the all day. <laughs> I think I remember him saying it's going to be on the hills on MTV, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever show that is, it's it's like the commercial break before that show starts. I think I'll just have to TiVo that. I don't think I could bring myself to actually watch anything on MTV that's not music. <laughs> I'll just I'll wait a day. Yeah, I think I'll just wait till the next day and, and watch it on uh, Apple. So next up is uh, another answer that uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, we actually titled a whole, sh- whole show based on it. Um, is the assumption that uh, it's, it, because of the success of Transformers, a G.I. Joe movie will uh, definitely be moving forward. Um, it is. Uh, they've announced a director. This was uh, according to Variety. Steven Summers, the, dir- the director of the Mummy films, uh, and um, Van Helsing, will be directing G.I. Joe. 
So a mixed bag of quality from this director. Yeah, that's. I, I'm not sure how to rate an opinion on that. I, I don't want to go off on a whole tangent on my feelings on those films. Um, but uh, according to him, in terms of how the feel of it will be, it will be more James Bond than War Movie. So I guess more gadget oriented, which it, which is in line, I think, on the show. I mean, uh, you know, the animated cartoon was not exactly straight war stuff. It was more kind of espionage with yeah, it was much battles. more yeah, it was much more James Bond than than Sergeant Rock. So that's probably a good take on it. Um, they'll be shooting in February for a summer two thousand nine release. Um, this is probably another one that that they're going to shoot very quickly um, to get to get most of the uh, the footage in the can before possible strikes next summer. That's going to start coming up a lot more. Um, they do, they do after they hired the director, they hired the writer for it, which is an interesting reversal on the majority of the way it happens. Usually, the writer is hired first, the script is written first, then the director is brought on. Um, they hired the director first, and then after that, uh, a couple days after they announced the writer, the writer of the script will be Stuart Beatty, who wrote Collateral and wrote the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, he'll be doing the screenplay for G.I. Joe. Well, that ought to be good. Those are both pretty good movies. Um, something else that's coming out, a documentary about Christopher Reeve. Uh, everyone knows, played Superman in the uh, 1970s, 1980s movies. There's a direct documentary about him, his struggles um, you know, for after his paralysis and his uh, charity work to try to find a cure for that. Um, it's, it's a film that was uh, recorded over several years by his son, Matthew Reeve. And uh, that will be put out on DVD November 6th. The upcoming sequel to The Punisher, which we've been pretty much referring to as Punisher 2 up till now, uh, now has a title. The official title per Lionsgate is Punisher Warzone. That's way better than Punisher 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's continuing the trend of stealing titles from the comics, which I... Th- I was about to say, doesn't the, isn't that a Punisher comic book title? Well, I can't really... Well, they can still bill it as a sequel, but since they've recast him, they're probably kind of anxious to not necessarily make you feel like you need to have seen the other one to see this. I just find it an interesting trend, this whole thing of, of now. you know, They've gone through the numerical titles that, that kind of burnt out. Um, they've been through uh, the Batman kind of Batman Returns, Batman you know, Forever. Batman this, Batman yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Titles where it had it in the name. So now they're kind of going with... With uh, the names of books, I mean, or or titles for the characters. So we've got, you know, instead of Batman Two or Batman Begins Again, we've got Batman, or we've got the Dark Knight. I mean, as far as we know, it it, it will just be the Dark Knight. I'll you know, I'll be curious to see. I wouldn't be shocked if if the studio kind of gets nervous at the last minute and feels like if they don't put Batman in the title, people aren't going to know it's a Batman film by calling it the Dark Knight. Yeah, they'll at least have it on the posters. I'll yeah. Bet. Yeah, and then the same thing with Superman. They've been saying that the title of the next Superman film will be Man of Steel. Um, you know, so now we've got Punisher Warzone, which still has it in the title, but it is is continuing the the comic book title kind of craze. And isn't the uh, the new Spider Man animated series that's coming out called The Spectacular Spider Man? The Spectacular Spider Man. Moving on to some other things. <laughs> this is in the continuing uh, films that are not tied to an actual comic book character, but Hollywood capitalizing on the superhero trend or superhero craze um last year we had uh my uh, girlfriend or my my super ex-girlfriend or whatever the heck they ended up titling i think it went through at least like five different titles before it ended up uh, my super ex-girlfriend um films like that films that are always kind of where they where they're doing a superhero film but they're doing it for humor it's usually people who've done comedy films it's usually with you know, big name stars who they can put above the title. 
and uh, it is a superhero, but it's it's not, you know, <laughs> what can I say about it? I mean, every time you have the wave of superhero films, you always have the wave of the superhero parody films, and this is kind of the next big one in that. Um, they're shooting it right now, so this is definitely happening. Um, there's a lot of them that they come out, and I just kind of hope that they're going to fizzle out and never actually happen. A lot of them don't. Uh, but this one stars Will Smith, and the title of it is called Hancock. Um, it also stars uh, Johnny Galecki from Roseanne, uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Charlize Theron, and it's directed by Peter Berg. And the concept of it is uh, Will Smith plays a superhero. I, I don't know if Hancock is his real name or a superhero name, or Hancock is the name of the other characters. I, I don't remember. I've read kind of s- a couple synopsis. But the concept is he Will Smith is a superhero who crash lands in New Jersey and uh, gets involved with a suburban housewife and uh, is is kind of trying to steal her away from her husband. Uh, Jason Bateman plays the husband. Charlize Theron plays the wife. Uh, Johnny Galecki plays uh, the superhero's agent. So that kind of gives you some indication on, on how the film is. Sounds thrilling. I mean, you never Sounds know. like it needs a uh, rename there. Yeah, no, you know, it could work out. I mean, uh, Mystery Men, which it sounds kind of similar to, was is actually one of my favorite movies. I thought it was a... And it, it had a lot of those same elements of, you know, that one at least was based on an actual comic book, but it bore very little resemblance to the actual comic book. Little to none, yeah. yeah. But at least, yeah, that there you had some creative writers, you know, some creative director, some really good actors who, you know, probably didn't know what the heck they were doing in the film, but kind of made it their own and had some fun with it and did something interesting. And it's a small film, you know, not a lot of people saw it, but it, you know, it is a fun little superhero film. Um, I've enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to probably play it at the superhero cinema video room next year. But yeah, I mean, so you never know with these. I mean, you always can have them out and there's always like a half dozen of these coming out over the course of a couple of years whenever there's a big superhero film kind of re-explosion. And there's always at least one or two that are kind of fun that 20 years from now are the ones we kind of look back fondly and say, you know, I really enjoyed that one. Um, my, my super ex-girlfriend will not be one of them. No, <laughs> I didn't even see it. But in fact, one of them that came out uh, like – don't think it was even last year. I think it was the year before. It was Zoom, uh, the Superhero Academy, or Zoom Academy for Superheroes that I actually quite enjoyed because I, I went into it with no expectations. I expected it to totally be a piece of crap, and I was pleasantly surprised because I thought everyone in it played it really earnestly. I thought there were a lot of the characters that were purely taken out of X Men and were done better in terms of having the heart of the character and getting the characters kind of true to their their actual spirit. I thought they did better in that film than than some of the ones in X Men. You never know. You can always be surprised by these, but uh, more often than not, they're crap. <laughs> well, it sounds like this one's got some time to germinate. Yeah, yeah, they're shooting it now, so we'll, we'll find out next year. A little comic book item. I found a very interesting one. I kind of saw the story. I don't know that much about it, but I just thought it'd be interesting to put it out there. Um, the ACLU, that's the American Civil Liberties Union, is putting out comic books. Um, they're going to be putting out a comic book called Defenders of Freedom. And uh, the idea is it uh, will be a way to kind of get people interested in civil liberties. I guess uh, they they don't believe younger people kind of you know are into knowing about <laughs> politics and the world and kind of what are the issues that affect them. And they're going to try to kind of get to them through comic books and try to illustrate some of those ideas. And um, I didn't don't have the full story on it in front of me, but I think they got some pretty good uh, comic book writers and artists to uh, do some stories for this. Oh, well, uh, I'll be interested to see what they managed to put out. We'll research it and have some more info uh, for next show. Yeah, I was looking into it a little bit, and it looks like they have um, two short stories out right now. Uh, and uh, you can check them out online at aclu.org slash standup. 
S-T-A-N-D-U-P. So I guess I want you to stand up for your rights. And uh, yeah, it looks like there's two different stories. One's called uh, Blue Collar, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, drawn by Rick Burchette. Tells of a man targeted by a racist police officer. And the second story is called A Question of Obligation. That's illustrated by Mark Badger and written by Matthew Manning. Wow, Talking they did about, get some uh, talent. On yeah, some, some familiar names there. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure if this is going to be an ongoing thing or if these are just uh, two one-shots. It isn't really clear. So it should be kind of neat to uh, check those out, you know, and see how much of it is, is heavy-handed, you know, messages and how much of it is, is actual kind of comic book, you know, fun or if they're t- playing on the genre or, you know, how serious they take themselves. So it'd be nice to see some subtlety. If they're too preachy, I think uh, the audience that they're aiming for will switch off. Yeah, there's a big market for uh, for online comics too. So that's, I guess, it's not too surprising that they're going that route as well. Right, especially if their primary purpose is education rather than financial. You know, if they're looking to make money, there's not a lot of money to be made in online comics. But if their main purpose is to be educational, that might be a good way to do it and, and keep uh, production costs down. Well, thank you for the doing the research. I didn't, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Com- comic books are my specialty. And uh, last news story we've got for now um, is the Scream Awards, the second annual Scream Awards, I believe, I I caught a little bit of them last year, are going to be on Spike TV October 23rd. Um, It it might be, it might have been more than just last year, I'm not sure, but last year is the first time I saw it. So uh, that's the Scream Awards on Spike TV October 23rd, and uh, despite the name, (laughs) it's not strictly about horror. Um, It's their kind of attempt to do an award show similar to the MTV Movie Awards, where it's a little bit less formal. It doesn't have kind of the serious categories of the Emmys or the Oscars or shows where sci-fi fantasy just can't get in. because Yeah, uh, it's not just uh, Hollywood patting themselves on the back. Right. Um, These awards, they actually try to cater to a completely different audience, you know, who still deserve an award show of their own for films that you know, are totally deserving of recognition but are not going to be recognized in, in kind of the standard award shows. And uh, they've got a lot of interesting categories in there. Um, you know, despite calling it the Scream Awards, it's not just horror. It's, it's superheroes are a very big factor in the Scream Awards. Some of their categories include Best Comic Book, uh, Best Superhero, Sexiest Superhero. I'm pretty sure Jessica Alba has that one locked up. Uh, most Vile Villain, and Best Comic-to-Screen Adaptation. I think 300 probably has that one locked up. Do we know who the uh, the nominees yeah. are for Nominee. Best Comic Book? Or Yes, I could if I pull up the website. Come on, man, do your homework. You're going to make me do my work here. Yeah, let's see if I can beat you to it. You probably have a bookmark, don't you? Okay, here we go. For the Scream Awards... Let's see, the Ultimate Scream is their top award, and within there, uh, Spider-Man 3 and Transformers are both nominated, the TV series Heroes as well. Spider-Man 3 got a nomination in Best Fantasy Movie. Transformers got a nomination in Best Science Fiction Movie. Uh, Heroes is nominated under Best TV Show. Uh, For Best Comic Book, we've got 30 Days of Night, All-Star Superman, The Boys, Ultimate Fantastic Four, and Why the Last Man. Oh, wow. Tough choice. Those are all great books. Under Best Superhero, we've got uh, Michael Chiklis uh, from Fantastic Four as The Thing, Chris Evans as The Human Torch in Fantastic Four, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, Masioka as Hero in Heroes, and Milo Ventimiglia as Peter Petrelli in Heroes. Under Sexiest Superhero, we've got uh, Jessica Alba from Fantastic Four, Ali Larder, Ali Larder from Heroes, and Hayden Panettiere as uh, Claire Bennett in Heroes. 
<laughs> we've got uh, Kirsten Dunst for Spider-Man 3 nominated as Best Fantasy Fox. Lena Headey from 300 for Best Fantasy Fox. Eva Mendez for Ghost Rider in that category as well. Under Fantasy Hero, we've got Gerard Butler for 300. For Sci-Fi Siren, uh, Megan Fox from The Transformers. Uh, Megan Fox also nominated for Transformers for Breakout Performance. And Hayden Panettiere for Heroes for Breakout Performance. Uh, they've got a category, Most Vile Villain. Let's see. Frank Miller's not on that list, is he? No, Frank Miller is not on that list. Uh, but Zachary Quinto from, uh, as Siler and Heroes is on there. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro as Xerxes from 300. Thomas Hayden Church and Topher Grace, both from Spider-Man 3. Uh, <laughs> Most Memorable Mutilation. They've got The Battle Against the Immortals from 300. Um, best Comics to Screen Adaptation, the nominees are 300, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Ghost, Ri- Ghost Rider, Spider-Man 3, and TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Spider-Man 3 is also nominated under Best Sequel. Best Jump from Your Seat scene of the year is, includes the attack of the uber-immortal from 300, the final battle of Megatron versus Optimus Prime in Transformers, uh, the mid-air battle of Spider-Man versus the New Goblin in Spider-Man 3, and the Reign of Arrows in 300. Um, both Sam Raimi from Spider-Man and Michael Bay from Transformers are both nominated as Best Director. Um, best Screenplay for Screenplay. Uh, 300 is nominated for that. 300 did get the most nominations of these awards. Um, 300, Spider-Man, and Transformers are all nominated for Best Special Effects. Let's see, they've got a category. Whoa, they've got a bunch more comic book categories. Best comic book writer, Brian Michael Bendis for Civil War. Garth Ennis for Punisher. Uh, Frank Miller is nominated for All-Star Bat- Bat- Batman and Robin. Not his best work. Um, Alan Moore for Lost Girls. And Brian Vaughn for Ex Machina. Mm, tough choice between those last two. Uh, best comic book artists, we've got John Cassidy for Astonishing X-Men. Darwin Cook for The Spirit. Pia Guerra for Why the Last Man, Steve McNiven for Civil War, and Ben Templesmith for Wormwood. Wow, whoever came up with the uh, nominations knows their stuff. They, they're nominating quality work. They're not just picking popular stuff. Yeah, there's definitely a good variety there. Best screen to comic adaptation, which I assume these are uh, adaptations uh, or comic books that are based on movies. Uh, the 28 Days Later, The Aftermath, Army of Darkness, Frank Miller's Robocop, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, Back from the Grave, and this, The Hills Have Eyes, The Beginning. And last category is Most Shocking Comic Book Twist. Hmm, I'm not going to say this because we're still going to try to stay clean here, um, but it uh, involves Alice in Wonderland and Dorothy from Oz in Lost Girls. Mm, gives you a little, little uh, hint of what Lost Girls is about. Uh, Captain America dies. Uh, Peter Parker reveals that he's Spider-Man. Sabretooth is beheaded by Wolverine. Wow, I didn't even know that. Wow. And Superman Kal-El is killed by Superman Prime in Infinite Crisis. I'll be curious to see. I watched some of these awards last year, and they I don't remember them nearly having that much comic book stuff. And, I, and I'm wondering if my, – my guess is that probably just like most of the award shows, um, a lot of these categories won't be done on screen. Like a lot of these comic book awards, they might not do in the actual show that's shown in primetime. They yeah, probably, they'll just line. Yeah, they'll do oh. it on a separate uh, kind of event. It'll be like the technical awards for the Oscars. But uh, I'll be curious to watch. Um, that's October 23rd on Spike TV. 
But that's really cool. I mean, I never heard of any sort of recognition giving to this depth and variety of, of comic books before. Yeah, outside of the comic book industry. I mean, the comic industry has their own awards that they give themselves, but... But it's not yeah. on primetime cable. Right, exactly. And it's it's within the industry. This is people looking at the comics from outside and picking stuff. So I think that'll be really interesting to see. And the website does also say that, but the Spike TV website says that uh, voting opens on uh, September 7th, which is tomorrow. So you can actually go online and vote yourself. It's not, I guess, the, the voting for these is not limited to uh, the Academy. And anyway. what's the website for that? It's uh, I just found it at spiketv.com. Yeah, maybe we'll put a little link to it on our website so people can go and vote and tell us their predictions. Well, that's it for our news this week, uh, but keep checking it out at SuperheroCinema.com every day. Now let's get on the rumor treadmill where stories hop on and off pretty quickly. Hey, this is John Wesley Shipp from The Flash. You're listening to the Superhero Cinema Podcast. They're saving the world one fan at a time. Okay, so our rumors this week um, are similar to our rumors last time around. Now that now that uh, Watchmen is actually in production, it used to be almost all of our rumors were about Watchmen. Now almost all of our rumors right now seem to all be about a possible Justice League of America movie that, that uh, Warner Brothers may or may not be putting together. And uh, right now, we've already had rumors about the director. We've had rumors about who are going to be the people involved, which characters will be involved. Um, right now, there's rumors flying around the web about uh, casting notices that have been put out in, I believe, New York and L.A., casting some of the roles in it. Um, I have not seen any confirmation of this. I have not had any indication that this is really definite at this point. There's still been not any official word from Warner Brothers that this is actually happening. Um, but the rumors persist. So far, all the rumors that I've read about this have really felt rumory to me. It really seems like it's all been fan speculation and and weirdly violent fan fan speculation too. I've noticed they've really been like there's different fan camps that are really kind of heatedly arguing with one another about whose rumors are right. There was one rumor about uh, well, the, the most common one that you hear a lot is that Tom Welling from Smallville is going to play Superman in this. Yeah, and that'll just never happen. No, no, it'll never happen. What? But what I find funny is that I forget the site, but one site reported this, and that one of the producers of Smallville actually went on record and said, "No, there's no way this is happening." And this guy who started the rumor said, "No, the, the producer of Smallville is wrong, and I'm right." <laughs> This is happening, and I, I just found that kind of the—I mean, not only the height of arrogance, but just so kind of funny. Well, the other—the other person who's quick to speak up on that was was Tom Welling's agent, who was very uh-huh. quick to say that that will never yeah. happen. I'm sure, yeah, and it, yeah, but I just found it so funny that that whatever fan site it was that started this was so adamant that no, it's going to be Tom Welling, and I don't believe Tom Welling's agent or the producer of Tom Welling's TV show. I just believe my own weird rumor. Right, and and that's, I mean, he will never do that. I mean, as soon as that show ends, he will never go back to that character again. He will be, he will try to distance himself from it as, as quickly as he can. As, as he probably should at this stage. Yeah, and he will never allow them to put him in the costume as, as people, everyone wants the show to end with him getting into costume and putting on the costume and and we're never going to get other than with photoshop and and i'll go on record to saying this and and could totally be wrong two years from now this may happen and then i've got egg on my face and that's fine but i just i don't believe we're ever going to see a photograph of tom welling in the superman costume ever no probably not that is not created by someone in photoshop i'm kind of curious what you mean jefferson when you say the rumor sounds rumory what does that mean exactly? Funny you should ask because that brings up the next one, uh, which is that the one of the latest ones is that the Wonder Twins would be in the film, at least in a cameo, and that they would be played by Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, sure. That, though, that sounds perfectly viable to me. That, I'm sure that'll happen. I'm sure that's exactly what their agents are itching to get them into. Yes, I'm sure. Have those two ever even done a movie together? 
Uh, not that I know of offhand, but I'm sure our, if they have, our listeners will let us know. Yeah, that, that's just a little bit too precious, I yeah. think. In fact, at DragonCon, I did see people in Wonder Twin costumes. <laughs> but, that's a, but that's, I'm hoping, the only time that I will ever see live people in Wonder Twins costumes. Let's all, let's all go on record as hoping that. Well, that's it for our rumors this time around. We'll keep following these stories so you don't have to. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Stay subscribed, and if you have anything for us, email us at podcast at superherocinema.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 303-800-HERO. That's 303-800-4376. Thank you again, Jefferson and Jonathan. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Michael. And thank you once again to our listeners for joining us. We hope you keep showing up for Superhero Cinema. We're saving the world one fan at a time. Here's the news. Do, 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 do. And now on to the rumors. All right. Yeah. <laughs>